the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. It is hour number two of the Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you along on 98.9 FM, The Answer in Columbus. 94.5 FM, The Answer in Dayton. Say hello to all of our new listeners in the western Ohio area and let you know that you can catch the show anytime via the podcast link on your favorite station's website. Check out shows and then podcasts, and we podcast the show in 20-minute increments, half-hour increments on the clock right now, but we take the commercials out so you can get all the content. And our and we endeavor to entertain you, to enlighten you, to encourage you, and to embolden you because this is an era, a consequential era in our country's history where you don't really get the chance to sit this one out. Right? can't watch from the sidelines anymore because what's at stake is too important. The indoctrination efforts of teachers' unions and uh, crazed ideologues in our schools would twist the minds of our kids into thinking that our country is a terrible place and had racist foundings, uh, that they should question their own very uh, identities, and maybe they were created the wrong sex. So these are things that cannot stand. You have to stand against them. You have to muster the courage to speak out, and to speak truth, because we have the truth on our side. That's what we talk about here. I'd love to hear from you today, 844-TALK-989, particularly if you are a citizen of the city of Dayton, and you can give me uh, your own assessment of your mayor, Nan Whaley. She will run for governor against Mike DeWine in the fall. Uh, DeWine will be, I think, an overwhelming favorite. I've said before DeWine would have a harder time winning the primary than he would the general because I think the way he governed, much like a Democrat— would attract some crossover voters. Then again, I give crossover voters too much credit from the Democratic Party to the Republican Party because Democrats are, uh, there's a phrase in the Bible about them, they have zeal without knowledge. They are zealots. They are zealots for abortion. They are zealots for the LGBTQ agenda. They are zealots. They are detached from reason. And so they are not likely to favor Mike DeWine over somebody like Nan Whaley, who is going to do everything she can to take away guns from people, uh, foist mandatory preschool child care on your kid, and as she said last night, uh, increase access to abortion. Abortion is a losing issue for Democrats because there's no moderation on the issue of abortion for Democrats. I would not be a bit surprised. If by the end of today, we have the identity of the leaker at the Supreme Court, there are already names, I've seen two surface online, one was a man, one was a woman, of the leaker. I had a conversation with a friend of mine this morning. 
He said, what are the chances that the leaker could be someone on the conservative side? Thinking that let's get the Roe versus Wade overturn out there in the public because the Democrats will use it to fundraise off of and to inspire enthusiasm in the midterm elections. So let's get that out there now rather than wait till June and some of that momentum will burn out for that issue. Um, I reject that idea out of hand because if you are a clerk for a conservative justice, you have respect for the rule of law and the sanctity of the court. And you would presumably want to parlay your job as a clerk at the Supreme Court into a career down the road. A lot of people who you know now as public figures have clerked at the Supreme Court before. A conservative Supreme Court clerk would know that they are ending their legal career if they leak that opinion because it is an egregious violation of court protocol. It is seen as, accurately, an attack on the rule of law, on order. Conversely, when this leaker is exposed, and I think it is most likely, it makes the most sense that it would be someone who clerked for retiring Justice Stephen Breyer. Why? Because even if they exorcise the clerk from the court after they are exposed, the stink will stay on that judge. I don't think a clerk for Elena Kagan or Sonia Sotomayor would do that. I don't think they would want that. Or Katanji Brown-Jackson was not a part of this particular decision because it, the opening arguments took place before she was named to the court to succeed Breyer. So I think it is a Breyer clerk. And why would that person not say, well, I'm, I'm ending my career if I do this. This will be the end of me. Will it? Will it be the end of him? I would submit to you that there will be millions of dollars given to GoFundMe pages and other efforts to extol the heroic nature of this leaker's egregious decision to preview the Supreme Court's ultimate decision on overturning Roe versus Wade. This person will have no trouble, if they are not disbarred, getting a job for the ACLU or the Human Rights Commission or GLAD or some other radical organization. They will probably advance right to the top of their profession if they are allowed to hold a law license. They will likely run for office and be elected in districts where, as Nancy Pelosi once famously said, a glass of water with a D on it could get elected. So that is what I expect to happen. Would not surprise me at all. But this is not a winning issue for Democrats because they now are forced by their party and by their base to not only advocate for abortion, but to advocate for abortion without any restrictions at all. Without any restrictions At all. Do you understand how extreme our position in the United States is on abortion? The countries that allow elective abortion up to birth, there are three. The United States, China, and North Korea. Do you like the company we're keeping there? Do you like that company? I don't like that company. 
I don't think that speaks well of our country. And when you see abortion activists, you see a crowd of them on TV. What 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 strikes you about their countenance? About their uh, mood, about their outlook. Boy, they look exceedingly angry and nasty and bitter to me because their position on abortion is completely at odds with the moral law of God. And while they may not acknowledge that, I believe they firmly know it to be true. So, this bears watching, and we will have comments from Ted Cruz and others on the abortion issue and the impact of it in the upcoming midterm election. Uh, This is my second day on in Dayton. I've heard from several of you already who responded to my call for you to become intentional with your shopping dollars. And you can do that by going to PatriotSwitch.com and clicking on my name in the How Did You Hear About Us menu. Click Bruce Hooley. I will get your contact information. I will reach out to you, phone call, email, text message, maybe all three. And we will discuss how you can buy what you're already buying, but buy it from a different store, a store that is American-owned, the goods are American-made, the family that owns it is pro-life, pro-conservative. It is your way to fight back against the woke corporations that donate to causes you do not support. PatriotSwitch.com, Bruce Hooley in the How Did You Hear About Us menu. Bruce Hooley Show, man, I-75 in Dayton is a mess, a mess down on the curve as you head toward West Carrollton. Um, south is messed up. The incident is on the northbound lanes uh, between Miamisburg and West Carrollton. They had an accident and a car on its top, and they show up, and there is a uh, a gunman, and apparently the gunman has been killed in an officer-involved shooting. So you can imagine what kind of havoc that uh, is wreaking with I-75 in Dayton. So those of you who are listening on 94.5 in Dayton, um, you probably will not get where you're supposed to get uh, when you're supposed to get there. If you're wondering what is going on, uh, there's really no great way. I mean, there's a way around, but city streets in West Carrollton and Miamisburg to try to get around that uh, mess is uh, well, going to be problematic for a long, long time. So wish you well with that, but uh, hopefully no officers are injured in that particular incident there. Uh, here is... From today, Bill Hemmer of Fox talking about J.D. Vance's victory in Ohio's GOP Senate primary. And those of you, many of whom I was able to interact with and talk with and who said kind words about my opening speech at the Trump rally in Delaware a couple Saturdays ago, uh, you should feel like you were part of a consequential political event because Bill Hemmer says that is the point at which J.D. Vance went from middle-of-the-road candidate to the guy who will run for the Senate seat to succeed Rob Portman. You see back in March here, here's the line. J.D. Vance was at 11 points in March. A month later, he jumps to 23. What happened in between there? Donald Trump gave him an endorsement, and he had a rally in Delaware County just north of, of Columbus, Ohio, and pulled out the win at 32%. He did. He did pull out the win at 32%, and it really wasn't that close. Uh, Vance with 32%, Josh Mandel, former state treasurer, with 24%, Matt Dolan, 23%. So what are the future 
of these candidates. Mike Gibbons spent a ton of his own money, $11 million, $14 million, somewhere in there. Vance, of course, is the rocket ship you want to board. I mean, he's 37 years old. He has a powerful story to tell as someone who grew up disadvantaged in Middletown, Ohio, uh, wrote the book Hillbilly Elegy after, after graduating from high school, going to the Marine Corps, so he's got the service in the armed forces on his resume. He attends Ohio State on the GI Bill, gets good enough grades that he gets admitted into Yale in law school, meets his wife at Yale, becomes a partner at a firm on the West Coast, meets Peter Thiel, the guy who with Elon Musk started PayPal, and Peter Thiel is the guy who pumped an estimated $15 million into J.D. Vance's campaign every time J.D. Vance needed a shot of cash for television commercials or whatever. Peter Thiel was there with it. Came up with a million and a half last week. Hit $3 million a couple of weeks ago when the TV ad push started. And Peter Thiel was the guy who helped, along with Don Trump Jr., bridge the gap between what J.D. Vance said about Donald Trump in 2016. I'm a never-Trumper. Trump is America's Hitler. Trump voters are racist. J.D. said all that. But as I've said before, there are those who could not get past that to vote for J.D. Vance. Okay. But here's my position. Conservatives are always gathering information, vetting information, weighing information, and remain open to new ideas. Ideologues, zealots, close-minded individuals make up their mind about someone and never, ever, ever give them a chance to change their initial opinion. Democrats can't always tell you why they're against something other than the reason is I'm against it because Trump is for it, right? The numbers of people whose backgrounds we do not know teaming across the southern border would tell you that that's a dangerous policy position to embrace. But but Trump was for keeping everyone out. And so the logic behind the Democratic position on an open border is Trump was for it, I'm against it. Domestic energy production. You can say that it's because of the uh, climate wackos, but it's really because Trump made us powerful on the world stage by incentivizing domestic energy, opening up federal lands for drilling, getting rid of regulations, making it easier for companies to hire workers and pay workers and everybody prospers. You would think Democrats, party of the working man, party of the union, they would be for that. No, they're not for it. Why are they not for it? Not because it doesn't work. They're not for it because Trump was for it. If Trump is for it, they're against it. So Trump derangement syndrome rules most policy positions of the Democratic Party. And so I know J.D. Vance said what he said about Donald Trump in 2016, but I also know that the people who were running the commercials about J.D. Vance this past primary election cycle Club for Growth was saying the same thing about Donald Trump in 2016. So it's very disingenuous of Club for Growth to spend $7 million to try to end Donald Trump's candidacy in 2016 and now be running ads saying, J.D. Vance is not a guy who merits your vote because back in 2016 he said bad things about Donald Trump. Well, so did you. Well, so did you. So here is Karl Rove noting that 
Donald Trump is, of course, transformative with his not with his uh, endorsement of J.D. Vance, but that Peter Thiel and his money also played an important role in Vance's ascent. Vance owes a lot to both President Trump and to uh, Peter Thiel. Peter Thiel had given him like $11.5 million last year, but after the president endorsed him, uh, endorsed Vance on uh, April 15th, uh, Thiel put another $3.5 million in, and that was critical because re- the, the last poll we had uh, the, before the president made his endorsement was on the 14th of April. Vance was at 23, Mandel was at 28, Dolan 12, Gibbons 14, Timken 8. And then the results last night, 32 for Vance. So he gained nine points, uh, about, you know, increased his number by about 40%. Right. Uh, you know, uh, uh, and it was both things. It was the president endorsing and it was Teal's money to, as, to advertise as he came down the, the, the final stretch. Now, I can hear you right now saying, mm, that makes me very uncomfortable that a Silicon Valley billionaire gave J.D. Vance... $11 million and then $4 more million. I don't like that. Well, you can like it. But the mere fact of the matter is, you saw a grassroots $50 donation at a time campaign achieve its maximum level of efficiency in the candidacy of Joe Blystone for governor. I would share your desire that everyday, normal, hardworking Americans could run for office and could win with grassroots support and no big money political action committee support. I share that wish. But it is, by and large, a fantasy. Sure, there was a guy in New Jersey who put like $100 into his campaign, and back when Glenn Youngkin won the Virginia governorship, there was this story of this you know guy, just normal guy. He won, didn't put any time in. Everybody hated his opponent, so they voted for him. But those stories are few and far between. The fact of the matter is, If you want to run for office now and you want to win and you want to actually do something, you have to have financial backing behind you. Because I guarantee you, Tim Ryan is going to have a ton of financial backing behind him in the fall election for the vacant Senate seat now held by Rob Portman. I saw last night a poll that suggested on the generic ballot, and the generic ballot is just that, generic. They don't put any candidates on there. They just say, right now, would you be more predisposed to vote for a Republican or to vote for a Democrat. And, of course, the Republicans are crushing it because the Democrats are ruining everything they touch. So it didn't surprise me that the Republicans are doing well in the generic ballot. What stunned me was that the projection of the difference between Republicans favored on the generic ballot and Democrats favored on the generic ballot forecasts and 11-seat gain for Republicans in the Senate. Do you grasp the significance of that? 11 seats? If that is true, if that is true, Tim Ryan's not beating J.D. Vance. But if that is true, if Republicans have, and they forecasted a 44-seat swing in the House, we know the Republicans are going to win the House. There's just no way that's not going to happen. But if Republicans gain 11 seats in the Senate. And that seems too pie in the sky for me. But it's fun to dream just for a bit. They would have a filibuster-proof majority in the Senate. They would not have a veto-proof majority because you have to have two-thirds to override a presidential veto. But they would have a filibuster-proof 
majority, and if they had a filibuster-proof authority, uh, they could get a lot of things done that they have not been able to get done in the past. So hopefully they wouldn't screw that momentum up. Hopefully wouldn't give back the presidency in 2024. I've talked before. I'll talk again about whether that is going to be decided by Donald Trump's entry into the race. In fact, I asked the former president about that yesterday. Was his decision, is his decision to run, predicated upon the kind of results that his favored candidates get in the primaries? You'll hear his answer next. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 